In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Have you ever wanted to give someone a gift or a blessing, but something within that person prevented them from being able to receive it? For example, maybe you read a book that you found incredibly helpful, and you've got a friend who's going through a difficult time, and you think to yourself, if I could just get her to read this book, I know that it would help her. But as soon as you start to tell your friend about this book, you can just See her eyes glazing over as she does her very best to plaster on a look of intense interest. And in that moment, you know there's not a snowball's chance in hell. She's going to read that book. Now, you know it would be a blessing to her. You're convinced it would help her. But something within her is preventing her from reading it. Or maybe you've gotten hooked on a new TV show. It's the funniest show you've seen in years. The main character is a really nice guy. You've admired him from the very first episode. It's a feel-good show where the good guy gets ahead. And you've got this friend who's a little, you know, heavy weather down in the dumps. And you think if I could just get him to watch this show, I know it would put a smile on his face. I know he'd be laughing in just a few minutes. And so you start to make your best sales pitch and you're, friend begins to nod and says, yeah, I'll have to check that out sometime. And in that moment, the tone of his voice tells you that you're more likely to take a trip to the moon than than you are to get him to watch this TV show. Now, you're convinced it would be a gift to him. You you know it would bring a little levity to his life, but, but, but his reluctance stands in the way. One more example, I'll tell a little story on myself. When I graduated from high school, a family member gave me a gift of a half-hour massage at a high-end spa in town. Now, it was a very expensive gift. It was a thoughtful gift. It was a nice gift. But I have to confess that as much as I was curious about it, as much as my family member tried to reassure me that it was going to be amazing, I just couldn't overcome my Victorian sensibilities. And so the certificate remained unused on my dresser till the day that the spa went out of business, and I felt then that I could put it into the trash. (laughs) Friends, have you ever wanted to give a gift to someone you love, but something within them prevented them from receiving it? Well, God wants to give a gift to you. And it's a gift that's better than any book or television show, even better than a half-hour massage at a high-end spa. But within each and every one of us, there's something that stands in the way. Something which prevents us from receiving the gift that God wants to give us. That's what our Lord Jesus is talking about in today's passage from Mark. The gift that God wants to give and the great impediment which stands in its way. And Jesus speaks of these things using some of the most vivid and shocking language to ever leave his lips. So turn with me to Mark chapter 9, and we'll pick up at verse 42. Now to set the stage for this passage, you need to know that just moments prior, Jesus had taken a little child up into his arms to make a point to his disciples 
So when he talks here about these little ones, we can imagine him gesturing over to a crowd of children who are perhaps playing in the streets. So listen now to what Jesus has to say about the impediment to his gift. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, that's the impediment. It would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Now let's pause here to consider. Jesus is the prince of peace. Isaiah 9.6 tells us, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So what is going on here? Why is the Prince of Peace using language that could hardly be any more violent? It reminds me of a a memory I have from high school when something broke open within a young woman in our class. This young woman was the quintessential good girl. She was conscientious, she was studious, she was courteous, and she was quiet. But on this particular day, someone said something that caused her to snap. And she spoke up with an intensity that we had never heard before, and everyone in the class was sort of taken aback. Believe you me, we all took note of what she said on that day. Well, likewise, when the Prince of Peace uses imagery of millstones and drowning, and as we'll see in a moment of cutting off hands and gouging out eyes, that's our cue to pay attention and to ask the question, why, O Prince of Peace, are you speaking to us in this way? Friends, the answer will come back. It's because he has a gift that he wants to give you. But there's something deadly serious called sin that's standing in the way. I had a dear friend in college. Um, He was a skeptic when it came to the things of God. And and one day I remember him asking me, I think he maybe had been in some, you know, philosophy class or something. And he came to me and he said, Andrew, what is sin? But he wasn't really looking for an answer. He was just poking a little bit of fun at what um, to him was this silly notion that we Christians worry about this sin. It's not silly to Jesus. In fact, it's deadly serious. And Jesus begins to unfold the nature of it as his teaching continues in verse 43. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, there it is, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell. Where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Now clearly, as shocking as this imagery is, our Lord is not speaking to us literally. After all, how many of the disciples cut off their hands or gouged out their eyes? Not a one of them did. No, the Prince of Peace is using these violent images to show us that there are things which we can metaphorically grasp, 
run after, focus on, hand, foot, eye, that will prevent us from receiving his gift. And furthermore, these hindrances, our sin, they can have eternal consequences. But to really understand what these things are and why it is that they can cause us to be thrown into hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched, we first need to understand what the gift is that our Lord wants to give us. It is better for you to enter life. It is better for you to enter life. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God. Life and a kingdom. That is the gift which is on offer to you. But what is this life and this kingdom that God is offering to us? My friends, what God is offering to you, the gift that he is extending to you, is the gift of himself. In John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus says to Martha, he says, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. It's me. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And in John 14, 6, Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. It's me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Friends, the gift that God has on offer to you is the gift of himself. If you have Jesus, you have life. And to turn away from Jesus is to turn away from life. Twice a year, I have the great joy and privilege of teaching our foundations class. Some of you are currently in the class. And um, I'll say that by far, in my opinion, the most important session is the very first one. Because it's there that many of the participants learn for the very first time that the heart of Christianity is the person of Jesus. And to be a Christian is to have a relationship with him. I cannot tell you how many persons have come out of that one class and have said to me, I never knew I was supposed to have a relationship with God. I didn't even know that was possible. This is the gift that is on offer to you. A relationship with the one who is himself life and life abundant. Let me give you a little image to show you what this looks like. It's an image that we use. It's part of the teaching of a little spiritual gifts workshop that we give from time to time here at St. Philip's. But it's it's incredibly helpful. Imagine you are driving down some rural road. Maybe it's 17 South. Maybe you're headed to Edisto. And along the side of the road, you see several men in bright orange jumpsuits. You see a 15-passenger van parked there, and on the side is written, Charleston County Corrections. And you see the officers with their county-issued firearms at the ready. The men are picking up trash. Their body language says it all. To a man, they're a bit hunched over. Their shoulders are slouched. They look somewhere between bored and completely defeated. They stab at a piece of trash. They put it into the bag. They stab a piece of trash. They put it into the bag. None of them wants to be there. It's hot. It's humiliating. It's a thankless task. Now imagine a different scene. 
You're driving along that very same highway, and you see another group on the side of the road. But this time, written on the side of the 15-passenger van is Mount Gallagher Baptist Church. And instead of men in bright orange jumpsuits, there's a wild gaggle of students running up and down the side of the road. Boys and girls dashing from one piece of trash to the next. It's clear they've got some kind of contest going because they're shoving each other out of the way as they stab after potato chip bags and old discarded cups, laughing as they try to beat one another and be the first to fill their bag. Looking at them just puts a smile on your face. Same job, completely different experience. This is a picture of the difference between lives which are lived apart from God and a life that is lived through the presence of God. You see, when you let God in to make his kingdom in your heart, when you start to allow yourself to be loved by him and forgiven by him, when you come to see how he is working in you and through you, when he begins to give you eyes to see his plans and his purposes for you, when you enter the kingdom of God by allowing God to make his kingdom in you, then the life that flows out of his presence, it changes everything. That's the gift that God wants to give you, a life and a kingdom. The gift of himself. Friends, there's no greater or more important relationship than the one that Jesus is offering you. Because there's no other person who can love you or bless you like Jesus does. There is no other person who can guide and direct you and give you a sense of purpose like Jesus does. No other person can heal or forgive or comfort you like Jesus does. And no other person can help you to grow into the man or woman you are meant to be like Jesus can. And he does all these things through his relationship with you and your relationship with him. So can you begin to see now why it is that Jesus is using such shocking imagery to describe the impediment which stands in the way of this gift? All of his intensity flows out of his great love and concern for you. He knows that if you will only give yourself to him, then he will give himself to you and you will have life. But our sin will stand in the way. Friends, there are things that we will grasp or run after or focus on that will prevent us from receiving this gift. Now, so far, I've been speaking about this sin in the abstract. Let's try and put a little bit of flesh on it and, and, and see what this really might mean and what it really looks like. For example, as for your hand, if you are grasping on to resentment, it's going to make it very difficult for you to receive the gift of God's forgiveness. Or if you are holding fast to your aspirations for your children, it makes it very difficult to receive the gift of faith and trust in God. As for your feet, if you're constantly chasing after ambitions to try and outrun that voice in your head that says you are only as good as your last accomplishment, then it's going to make it very difficult for you to receive the gift of your heavenly Father who says, well done, 
good and faithful servant. Every time you act on his impulse. Or in this modern age where anything and everything is available to us on a computer screen, if your feet take you to those places that are unholy and unclean, then it's going to be very difficult for you to receive the gift that our Lord Jesus wants to give you. When he says, by my blood, I will make you holy and clean. As for the eye, if you're constantly focused on the future and your anxiety about what it might hold, then it makes it very difficult to receive the gift of the peace which passes understanding, which the Holy Spirit wants to give you. Or if you are constantly looking for the approval of others, the approval of your boss, the approval of your parent, the approval of your spouse or your children, then it makes it very difficult for you to receive the loving approval and affirmation of God. Or if you are constantly looking out at others with a critical, judgmental eye, it will make it very difficult for you to receive the lavish grace of God who blesses us even while He convicts us, for He never, ever condemns us. Now, those are just a few examples. But can you see how our sin will impede us from receiving the gift that God wants to give? Friends, the stakes could not be any higher. To receive Christ and the life He offers is to have Him as a friend for eternity. But to turn away from Christ, to refuse Him in this life, is to be cut off from Him forever. Which is why he speaks to us in this way. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Now friends, whenever our Lord speaks to us this way, it it can be very difficult to hear. It can. But these are the words of a loving God. A God who wants to give you the gift of himself. A God who wants to give you eyes to see any and every impediment that stands in the way. Have you stepped into this relationship that Jesus is offering you today? If the answer is no, not yet, well then today's your day. Today is your opportunity to throw every hindrance aside and cast yourself into the loving arms of God. And if you are already in his arms, which I pray you are, then let me encourage you to pray as you step into this new week, Lord Jesus, what obstacles am I placing in your way? What am I grasping onto? What am I running after? What am I focusing on that hinders your access to my heart? Wouldn't it be amazing if today were a day when all of us opened our hearts up to God in a new way so that he could come in and do what he does best. Give us the grace to loosen our grip, to set our feet on the right path, to focus our eyes on him and his purposes for us. Because friends, to do so 
is to receive life and a kingdom. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we open our hearts to you. We welcome you, Lord Jesus, to make your kingdom in our hearts and in our lives. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to grant us the grace to loosen our grip, to set our feet on the right path, and to focus our eyes on you and your purposes for us that indeed we might receive the gift which you offer to us, life and a kingdom, the gift of yourself. For we ask these things in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.